A lot of you are familiar with the DNA Project and have been rocking with us for a while, but some of you aren't. A lot of you are faithful listeners of the podcast, but aren't familiar with some of the other work that we do. So I just want to take a quick moment to explain to you a little bit more of what we do. So you're getting married, or you have a friend, a cousin, a sister, somebody you know is getting married. Okay. You've booked your venue, caterers, photographer, all that good stuff. When it comes to live music, most people have no idea where to look. We have you covered. Picture this. During the ceremony, while guests are being seated, or while the bride's walking down the aisle. During the cocktail hour, while guests are just mingling and having a good time. Don't forget about dinner music. That's very important to set the mood while guests eat. And we definitely can't forget the party. Let's get the party started right now with The DNA Project. www.thednaproject.ca for more information. Hey guys, how's it going Good today? Man. How are you? That's what happens when you say you do the intro, Anthony. <laughs> man, I'm excited though. I'm super excited. Our guest today is a, what do you say, a repeat, repeat visitor? Friend of the show. From the DNA Airwaves alumni, great friend of the show, all of that and more. Um, some of you may have heard the first chat, and if you didn't, then you're definitely in for a treat. Our guest today is no other than Mr. David Ditchfield. And then you get all this crazy noise, like, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll add that in later. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Good to have you back, though, David. It's good to be here. Thanks for asking me along again. Yeah, it's good to Yeah, start. my pleasure, man. You know, people still, people who are, how do I say this without sounding, I'm going to just sound totally <laughs> stupid. So our listenership has grown. Well, so I'll leave yeah. it at that. I was going to say, like, grown significantly, or we've gotten <laughs> right. thousands since. But whatever it is, we've grown. So I assume, right. I imagine that we have some people who didn't hear the story the first time around. But also, we've had a lot of people, like your name comes up often as like favorite episode, episodes oh, and people great. that we've talked to. So even just to kind of refresh and reframe the perspective of all the information and the insight that we can get from your story will mm-hmm. be great. But yeah, looking forward to just chatting with you again. So maybe we'll just get started. You could just kind of, I know you've told this story more than enough times, so <laughs> how, you just tell it however you tell it and we'll jump in with, if we have yeah, questions. Yeah, okay, well I'll just, I'll just uh, for the sake of people that haven't heard me before, yeah. Um, yeah. Basically, my, my story started uh, when I was seeing a friend off at a rail station in uh, Cambridge in the UK. Okay. And uh, I was helping her onto the car with her bags and, uh, and my coat got trapped in the automatic closing doors. Uh, right. as I stepped back and I couldn't pull it free mm-hmm. and uh, of course I tried everything I could I even yelled for a guard but there was no one around no guard on the platform right. so the That's train crazy. started to edge its way out of the station and yeah. I realised I wasn't going to be able to pull free mm-hmm. and I figured at this point that this was it I thought it was all over I thought I was going to die um, because the speed that train was accelerating at was really quite fast right. I lost my footing yeah. and I got dragged along the platform, and then I got pulled between the space of the platform edge and the speeding train, and I just went yeah. right under, yeah. you know. I went <laughs> yeah, right into this dark, oily pit, as I call mm. it, you know, and I was just tossed around oh, relentlessly. I was conscious throughout the whole ordeal, so it was very frightening, it was terrifying, and very violent as well. And I um, imagine. I, yeah, <laughs> it was there, just wait, crazy. Up. There's... There's something that I never, I don't know, it just hit me this time that didn't really resonate with me so deeply the first time. Because this train was going from standstill to, because you said it was accelerating quite fast, and I just pictured it differently this time. So you went from kind of just like locked in position to, I imagine, like 
however your body was, your legs, like pretty much doing whatever you could to probably have to try and keep up with this train is one part of this, right? Exactly, yeah. Oh, man. Because I actually did hope that, um, you know, the, the force of the train and my body weight would actually pull it free. Mm. I thought it might do that, but it didn't right. at all. Yeah. Yeah. So were you it pulling actually, against I, it, you think, or were you pulling with it? Like, this is a hard to picture. I was hoping, you know, the actual speed of that train and my body weight would, would separate us, like, but it wasn't. It. it was jammed right. right in there, you know. That's crazy. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's... This just the way those doors are designed. I found out later because the rail police did a whole, the British rail police did a, a year inquiry and they showed me how those doors are, are fixed and and they mm. they've got like a sort of crocodile sort of teeth edge to them to stop the doors from opening uh, while they're going along. Right. You know that's the whole yeah, idea. Yeah, right? nice and secure. So that's why it was trapped right in yeah. there and it was a thick sheepskin coat as well. So the quality was like very thick. Yeah. So there was just no way it was going to come free. Yeah. And a lot yeah. of people say to me, oh, why didn't you take your jacket off? But because of the quality huh. of this sheepskin, it was going right down my arms and mm. there was no way I would have been able to just slip it off, right. you know. So I knew that wasn't an option. Wow. So, yes, yeah, so I went under. Um, and I, I, I obviously survived by a complete miracle. Again, the rail police, yeah. right at the end of all this, they, they said, look, we've finished our inquiries. We've stripped the carriage down, the car down to, to the last rivet, yeah. you know. And they said that we still can't understand how you survived it. All our measurements say that you should be dead. And I said, well, some, something a far greater force saved me that mm. day, you know. Um, so well, I was no. taken into the hospital and uh, they got me in. It was a 25-minute drive, I remember, going down, down the highway. And when I arrived at the hospital, there was a whole team of medics waiting there for me, you know, and they got to work on me. Yeah. And I was still quite scared because I could hear fear in their voices and I didn't know what they were talking about. It was all science going over yeah. my head. And I thought, oh, this gosh. isn't good. Because I, I knew that my left arm had been severed uh, and so there was a lot of blood loss. And um, like, do you know how deep it, it was that sever? Well, it was just really. It was from the elbow down. So it, it was like basically it would cut my arm off. It was just holding on just by by a thread, if you like. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, by a few tendons. By by thankfully by the tendons that it was still attached um, meant that they could save my arm, wow. you know, which they yeah. did. Wow. No um, damage. I, could, I can't nice. use it fully, mm. but you know it's quite functional, which yeah, is great. Absolutely. You know? Sorry, is is it hard for you to tell this story, or is it kind of? I was going to ask him that too. Are you used to it, because it's I've heard really it before. Strange, you know, I, because yeah, because um, I can tell the actual story because it's so connected with the whole spiritual event that was about to right. happen okay. when I got into hospital. That that it's all part mm. of of the actual journey, if you like, which is odd gotcha. because. It took me a lot of therapy to actually get me back to the to phys- physically to that station, you know, because I needed to catch trains imagine. again because they told me at the time that I wouldn't be able to drive Ooh, again. Right. And I thought, well, I'm trapped here, yeah. you know. So oh, I, I went through a lot of therapy just to even get to the station and look at it, you know, and then I, then I got through the door, then I got on the platform, and each time I went, I got closer and closer, and then I got on the train and took the journey. And so, yeah, so that took me ages to deal with, but... Being able to tell the story wow. is—I don't know why. It's, well, I do know why. It's because there was a, because I do feel that there was a spiritual connection that was going on at the time. Mm-hmm. I feel that something, as I say, far greater than all of us was actually mm-hmm. already at play there that was saving my yeah. life. Yeah. Uh, you touched wow. on the yeah, another oh, sorry, Anthony, but you you, yeah, yeah. you, you touched on the physical therapy of what it took to get back. 
But did you ever have like any other type of therapy to talk about the experience or were you okay with the experience and sharing the experience and talking about it with people from the get-go? Um, I mean, I, I had some a lot, a lot of psychotherapy sure, afterwards yeah. after yeah. the accident just to help me deal imagine. with, because I had post-traumatic stress of course, disorder, yeah. um, which I still yeah. suffer from. I can actually. imagine. Um, because, you know, the mind and body should not have to go through something like yeah. that. Yeah. You know, it's just like, War, you know, like people shouldn't have to go through war. You know, right. there's a lot going on at the moment. Mm. I can, I can relate. Yeah, with it, you know, but um, yeah. So you never really get over right. that aspect of it. So I, I, the therapy helped me a great deal. Actually, Good. I mean, I'm a, a huge fan. I think if anybody's got an, anything going wrong in their lives, any form of anxiety, just go and see yeah. a therapist. They're brilliant. You know, you can really untangle what's going on inside you and and, and help really you. Helpful. That's great. Um, so yeah, I did have a lot of therapy to help me talk about it for sure. Yeah. Um, and and uh, I was. <laughs> That's okay. Sorry. The internet's yeah, yeah. great. <laughs> this is the this is the funny the internet. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was going to mention though because again this is an, I know we're jumping over a little bit and we'll get back on track to continue the story. But you mentioned another thing that I hadn't I don't think we discussed or that I had really thought about deeply or considered the last time around. But you mentioned the process of having to start taking trains again. Mm, yeah. And I know how crippling fear and I can only imagine that yeah. level. There's a fear, I, I don't even know if I should share it, but I had a really silly, temporary, short phase in my life where I was afraid of raccoons. Mm. I don't care if you laugh at me because it was a legitimate thing. And yeah. It, yeah. I think it built up in my own mind to the level that there was a raccoon on my front porch one day and I woke up at the crack of dawn, it was about four o'clock in the morning to go to yeah. the gym and I couldn't leave my house. I didn't leave till about 6.30. Wow. And that's a silly little fear that I'm willing to share. So I can only imagine the magnitude of what you mm. went through and then going back probably to the same station, any station, it wouldn't even make a difference, I'm sure. Mm. Can you talk us just through that? Like, what did that feel like the first time that you had to go back and how did you get yourself there physically? Um, well, uh, I went with, with, with family and friends. Of course. Really, you know, each time I went, I'd have somebody yeah. with me. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 I think that the, the hardest bit actually was actually the first time just arriving at the station because it was like looking at the scene yeah. of my of my own right. death, if yeah, you like, yeah. you know, of my own death scene, and it was yeah, just like geez. it was just like the whole building had taken on a character of its yeah. own, which just mm. represented evil. If yeah. you like to me, you know, yeah. and uh, wow. and I still don't like that building. I can, <laughs> it's for crazy, sure. and uh, uh, I don't but, like it either, man. Yeah, and then I remember going through the first time I actually stepped onto the platform was uh, was the friend who I'd been seeing off was was coming up to visit me, you know, when I was recovering and that, and and yeah. uh, it was with her that I stepped on the platform. She really encouraged me. She got to get a train back. I said, "Look, this is far. This is as far as I can right. go. You're you're gonna have to take the the rest of yourself." Yeah. And she said, yeah. "No, come on. The train's not even in yet." And it was night time and it was dark, and I think that helped the fact that it was just night time and it was dark, but. Interestingly enough, the first time I actually took a train, which obviously was the big test because that was like stepping over that gap, yeah. you know, looking at that gap oh, and then yeah. stepping onto the train and it pulling out. I did that with my with my brother-in-law who was commuting. He commutes to London. And I, I okay. he said, come with me. And I said, fine. And he's the kind of guy who just gets on with it. He's not He's not going, are you okay and stuff like that? Yeah. You know, he just wasn't even thinking about it. <laughs> we just, just got go to the it, platform. Yeah. It was packed with all these commuters. And we just all kind of like pushed onto this train, 
And that was almost like the best way for me to do it because there was no time for Think me to about sort it. of hesitate. Yeah, yeah. You know? It was like, Just get on now, otherwise you're not going to do right. it, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I tell you what, the, mo- the thing that really felt strange was actually as we pulled out the station mm. because that's when I've, I m- felt all the gears changing as I was sat mm. inside the car and I thought, wow, yeah. this is, uh, that was me on the outside of it last time. And every time I get on a train now, that's the bit I hate the most, is pulling out the station, yeah. you know. Because you don't realise how fast trains pull out, you know. Norm- you just get on and you, mm. you open up your cell phone immediately, yeah. don't you, and yeah. start get you know, distracting your messages. You're not thinking about it at all, which we don't. Yeah. But when something like that has happened to you, it becomes really apparent, yeah. you know, just, you know, the great speed that they pull out. So, you know, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, wow. Incredible. Well, I know we uh, kind of pulled away from the story there, or um, I guess the journey. So where were we? You were talking about the ambulance or the, the trip to the hospital and then people kind of talking all this stuff and yeah. I imagine you're there, but you're not there. So yeah, what happened from there? Well, at that point, uh, my family had arrived and they came in and, and I, I suddenly left my mm. body. I left the trauma of the hospital, the pain that I was in, you know, yeah. uh, just the noise of that hospital was overbearing. And, and suddenly I was in a different place. I, I, I was in what appeared to be like a, a, a really calm, darkened space, not a foreboding darkness, but just a very calming darkness. Hmm. And I just looked around and thought, what, what's happened? Because yeah, it happens so instantaneously. In, yeah, instantly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I looked around me. And there were like these orbs that were just slowly pulsating all around. They were like sort of like landing lights on an airport, you know. And I figured straight away, I thought, okay, this is, I didn't make it. I'm dead. Wow. I thought, this is it. This is the yeah. next stage. And wow. I didn't fight it or resist it. I was quite happy to, to stay in this space, you know, because I'd been through so much yeah. trauma that it just felt lovely, you know, and uh, which is mm. kind of crazy because I know that... I've read now since, you know, that some people do when they have near-death experiences is what was happening to me. They do resist it and they want to come back, you know. But hey-ho, I stayed with it. And um, I, I remember just looking to check my body, to check yeah. my wounds, and, and, and I looked and everything was back in place. You know, I looked wow. down, there was, I was no longer clothed, but I was covered in this blue satin sort of sheet, okay. you know, and, which felt very yeah. comforting. Huh. And uh, I thought there was reflections coming off this sheet. So I looked up and there were like three grids of white light that were slowly closing yeah. in on me. And as I looked into that white light, I just felt that, that it, it, as intense as it was, I couldn't take my gaze yeah. away. And mm. I felt that the light coming from it was actually uh, healing me. It felt like it was just healing all, all the trauma that the body had just right. been through. Wow. And um, so I lay back and sort of bathed in this light, mm-hmm. if you like, and then... I remember feeling the presence of somebody um, had arrived, as you do, you know, if, you, if you're asleep in a darkened room, you would feel the presence if somebody right. walked in. So I opened yeah. my eyes and yeah. looked up and there was, there was this like androgynous being just stood at my feet. And I say a being because it was neither male nor female and just, you know, had this kind of like skin that was glowing light yeah. from within and this very, very light white hair, almost, well, sort of like a blonde whiteness, you know. And then... Mm. This expression of of kind of like I don't know like a, a like I knew this person like I felt like I'd known this person all my yeah. life you know uh, wow. and uh, and I actually turned around and said I know you don't I who are you yeah where 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 do I know you from and hmm. uh, this person didn't say anything they just kept smiling right. at me you know but I felt safe I felt this person was my guard it was my my guardian you know, guarding my soul or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
And wow. um, anyhow, time went on, and um, I felt that then a few more people arrived at the scene, if you like. Then there were two female forms either side yeah. of me, and um, uh, they they were there. The, the girl, the, 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 all of these people were wearing very simple contemporary clothes. You know, the the the, the first being I saw was wearing like a black t-shirt, right. and the, the girl to my right was just wearing a simple brown dress. Uh, whereas the girl to my left, she was she was uh, uh, Asian Indian or American Indian in appearance, and she was wearing like a more traditional sort of beautiful outfit, yeah. you know, kind of ivory coloured, and um, yeah. wow. and um, she was like looking at me, and they they just had their hands hovering over my yeah. body. It was like their hands were just kind of just slowly going over the surface, and the energy that was coming from their hands was so beautiful and intense. Mm. And it just felt like love was coming from their hands, okay. you know, like, like unconditional right. love. And they felt like they were oh, just wow. healing the, the trauma of what I'd just been through. But also, not only that, I felt like they were like taking away all the layers of, of stuff that I carried all my life. Mm. You know, we call it baggage. Yeah. You know, we all have that stuff yeah, where, right. where yeah. we carry it with us. And all that was gone. Mm. Wow. It was just like, get rid of it. You know, it doesn't belong to you yeah. anymore. So oh, it was yeah. uh, very liberating to, to go through that. I could imagine. And yeah. then you came back to consciousness. Wow. How long do you think that, that, that experience that you had lasted? And how long did it feel? And I guess how long was it in actual real life? Yeah, okay. Well, it, it wouldn't have been any, any more than minutes in real yeah, life. Yeah. Because I know wow. that when I came back, they were getting ready for me to go in, in, into theatre. And I know that when it happened, the girl... Anna, who I've been seeing off, was actually stood over me when when, when I went left my body, and she was still there. Because in fact, I remember wow. saying to her, "Look, Anna, you've got something amazing has just happened to me. It's so important. I've got to tell you about it." And then she said, "Not now. No, you tell me later." Uh, you know, I said, "No, I was just thinking. I've got wow, to tell you yeah. now." You know, because oh one of the, one of the most vital parts of that whole experience was was that right at the end of it, actually, was um, when I saw. Uh, well, I felt it first before I saw it. I felt my, my body felt like it was starting to vibrate with this energy mm. of, of love. And I thought, what's going on? And I looked wow. and, and I saw this huge tunnel of white light that was closing in on me. And I know everybody talks about a tunnel of yeah. white light who have had MDs. Yeah. And uh, it was like surrounded by all these dramatic, powerful flames. And that was closing in on me. And I realized what I was looking at here because there was a lot of uh, uh, sort of intuition stuff going on, yeah. you know. And, and, uh, yeah. and, I realised what I was looking here was the source of all creation. You know, this was this was God, wow. if you like. This was where it all. It wasn't the guy with the beard in the sky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like a huge tunnel of white mm. light. So, so yep. So yeah. that was the point where I came back. Um, yeah, literally at that stage. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. And what was? Did yeah. you hear anything? Mm. Like, was there any no? Sound there was no sound. No. There was, I didn't hear anything mm. at all. Actually, yeah, that's one thing. It was just like complete silence. You know, everything wow. was visual, but. As I said, there was a lot of telepathy going on. That's that's the only thing. There was a lot of information that I, I was gaining that was just coming through telepathy. Right. Yeah. yeah. And when you came yeah, back, you. finally came back, um, what was that experience like actually returning and actually speaking to the people that, you know, were obviously on the other side, your loved ones, watching you go through this? What was that experience like? Yeah, well, it it was uh, it was odd because it took me some time to actually explain uh, the whole yeah. thing to them because it was so important to me. I wanted to make sure, I, you know, that I got this right, right and that everyone understood it. But I told them all. I told my sister like straight away. Yeah. You know, I said mm. I said, look, you know, I had this thing happen, and she she totally got it. 
And then I told Anna, you know, my friend straight away. It took me about a week to tell my parents because both my parents were Christian. Yeah. And I thought it might sort of like jar with their faith because I I don't know anything Mm. about Christianity Mm. because I didn't go to church myself. But anyway, it took me a week to tell them. But when I did tell them, it was great because they both listened and then my mother turned around afterwards. She said, David, we know. I said, how do you know, Mum? She said, because every time we walk into this hospital room, you just like you've got all these tubes and wires coming out of you. You can't move, but you're just glowing with this energy and you just got this sense of giving and love coming from you that I've never seen before, wow. you know. So that was interesting. That was call that maternal instinct, I don't know, but but yeah. Oh, by the way, I forgot going back to what you asked me before about the time yeah. element. Although yeah. I said it's minutes or seconds in real time, for me there was no sense of time in that in that gotcha. realm. The time didn't exist, so you don't really think yeah. about it. And that was that was lovely because I think that's that's quite essential, you know, for to wow. for, for we spend so much time worrying about it, don't yeah. we? <laughs> Just using the word time. Good maybe. point. Yeah, Great yeah. point actually. That's like it sounds like um, meditation, like, like Dr. Joe Dispenza and others like him who yeah. try to take you or you take yourself to a, mi- a place beyond time and space. Um, is that something that you were at all into before this experience? <laughs> <Soul> meditation. <laughs> I that's am kind of new. Okay, okay, that's but changed. But I wasn't. That's the, that's the odd thing that I was. I didn't have time to. Th- you know. My life before was just kind of like skimming the surface, yeah. if you like. You know, I, I would just kind of like just get on with it, and just I was I was I was struggling to to find work before. Yeah, you know? I'd left school with very little qualifications, so mm. I was just picking up day to day manual labouring work and stuff like that, and which I wasn't very good at that kind of right. work either. <laughs> so it was a struggle even to get that. You know, and wow. and and then that kind of arena, if you when you finish work, you just go to the bar with all your mates yeah. who you've been working yeah. with. And, and yeah. you end up you end up spending all your wages <laughs> just drinking. <Yeah. laughs> oh, and so, so life like, was like that. It was right. just this, it was like mindless. It was senseless when I look back yeah. at it, you know. So I never even th- thought to myself meditation, spirituality, right. faith, Fair all those enough. things I could have done with, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're you're in that in that space, um, and it sounds like it's kind of just that cycle of uh, doing the same thing every day, and you're not really trying to. I mean, that's where you are, right? So that's where you're living. This is like a completely different experience that you had there. And you said that, so you meditation has become a part of your life since this experience, right? Yes, yeah. Um, each day, actually. You know, I, try, I try to meditate Every pretty day. much each day. Yeah, I find it. Wow. Yeah. That's beautiful. This is fascinating because, I mean, just talking to you again, there's like all these different questions and thoughts and realizations that are kind of coming to the forefront yeah. now. Was it... What did it feel like? I mean, because, well, first of all, were you afraid of forgetting or, I mean, forgetting the experience or even of how it would come across to start to tell people? Um, I was afraid of forgetting, yeah, straight away. Um, You know, the first night my sister came in to see me, she said, can I get you anything, you know, when I come in tomorrow? Yeah. I said, yeah, can you get me a small sketch pad and a pencil? Because <laughs> yeah. I thought, okay. I'm going to paint yeah, yeah. this. I'm going to paint exactly what I have seen. And I thought, it's got to be a huge painting, like those big sort of, you know, uh, Renaissance biblical yeah, scenes. Yeah. You know, it's got to be dramatic yeah. like that. Uh, because I thought I, I might forget it. So uh, the, the nurses helped prop me mm. up. I could hardly move at that stage. I had this very faint st- sketch of what I was going to paint, right. and then I put it to one wow. side and left it. Um, 
so when I came out of hospital, that's what I started doing. I started doing all the, all these different paintings, uh, you know, which were almost like you know candid sort of images of what I'd yeah. seen in the afterlife, yeah. and I continued to do that. And um, so yeah, so th- th- there was a big thing about forget. But in terms of telling people, I've never had a, a problem with that actually. I never okay. had an issue with it. Um, it's, it's interesting because I remember there was a guy in the hospital. We used to go to the physio gym, yeah. you know, and all the guys yeah. in there were all amputees. Most of them had had motorcycle accidents. And wow. I told my story one day to everyone uh, what had happened to me when we were having coffee. And yeah. he came up to me afterwards and uh, he'd been chased by cops, you know, he'd on a stolen motorcycle at 125 oh, wow. miles an hour and came off and, and survived wow. that, you know, on the highway. Jeez. And. Uh, he said, "He said, mate, you know that thing that happened to you. It happened to me as well." I said, "Really?" I, I said, "Have you told anyone?" He said, "No." He said, "There's no way." He said, "If I told my mate, so they'd say I was crazy." Right. I said, "No, you've got to tell people." Yeah. You know. Whether wow. whether he has or not, I don't know because <laughs> I've never sure, seen him wow. since. But uh, yeah, but I, that kind of seemed odd to me that he didn't even want to tell anyone because to me it it had become the most important thing. In my life, I remember when I first came back into my body. That's the first thing I said to myself: was, "Why have they sent me right. back? You know, what is my mission? Mm. What am I supposed to be doing here?" Yeah, yeah. I think that happens to a that, lot of people come, for sure, though. Just that, why, yeah, what sense of yeah. purpose? Yeah. Questioning, yeah. You know, so did you paint before, or did you draw before this experience? Yeah, when I was when I was a kid, I always enjoyed drawing, so I, I had it in me, you know. But um, okay. because of I, because of my learning difficulties at school, you know, they said, "Look, you're you're not going to get any academics," which is really nice mm. of them to say that. <laughs> <Very> <laughs> nice. They were yeah. right as well. They said, "So, you know, you're not, you're not you're going to go work in the factory. Yeah, that's just, that's where you're mm. going, you know, and and you're not going to do art or any anything creative because right. you need so, academics wow. in the UK to be able to do right. that to go to." to Art school, so so that was written off for me when, at a very That's early awesome. age. Yeah. So I'd never, but I'd never done anything. I'd never been trained to paint like the, the kind of paintings I'm doing now, um, you know. And I, as I say, I kept my word. I wanted to do on paint a large canvas, and and that's what I do. They're yeah. large canvases, but but it's interesting because when I started painting. I felt like I was being helped. I felt like I was still attached to this other realm yeah. you know, that I'd been to. And I felt like they were giving me like a crash course on how to, you know, sort of paint, uh, you know, skin tones or light or all these different things. And, and it was coming alive. And I'd, I'd sit back and I'd go, wow, look at that. Thank you. Because, you know, I, I channel ideas. I still do now. When I'm yeah. painting or writing music, I'm channeling ideas through from, from this... And it's something that we we can all do. It's it's uh, this is what I try to say that you don't have to go under a train or have a near death experience to be able to do this. Yeah, to be able to, to stop that. and find what your real sort of um, um, natural journey is meant to be. <laughs> what yeah, would yeah. you suggest That's people huge. kind of start doing in order to kind of figure that out? Like it, it sounds easy, but I don't know how to tell someone to go about actually sitting with themselves and trying to figure out what their journey should be or what they feel their journey should be? Um, it's, it's starting by, by literally 
switching off or going back to when we talked about time earlier, worrying about time, mm. oh, I haven't got time to do this. Right. Everyone says, I haven't got yeah. time to, to, to yeah, do anything. Very true. I'm <laughs> so busy, I've got to look after <laughs> yeah, the kids, yeah. get them schooled, yeah. and I've got to go yeah, to work. Yeah. And it's all this, I know people have all those things there to yeah. do, but you can actually find the time. Agreed. You know? I mean, we were... If, a beautiful example of, of it was, um, you know, when I last spoke to you guys, I mean, we were just in the middle of the pandemic yeah. and no yeah, one could yep. go to work then. And that, True. hey, presto, look what yeah. happened. <laughs> People were going up on Zoom saying, look, I'm painting now, yeah. I'm creating, I'm exactly, baking yeah. bread for the first time in my right. life, you know. So yeah. people were finding all these natural things that they never thought they could yeah. do because everyone had a chance to stop. So it's it's literally stopping, you know, getting off the treadmill. Mm, you can do yes. it. Just give yeah, yourself yeah, yeah. just a bit of time to stop. And meditation is great because meditation, as you, as you very brilliantly pointed out, um, that's when time stops yes. in, in meditation. Yes. And, and, and you right. can stop and you'll be surprised how much information will come through to you. I mean, it, it's, it's not necessarily saying that you're going to be an artist yeah, or a musician, right. but you'll find other True. things, yeah. you know. Other things, you know it's yeah, a friend yeah. of mine, actually. He, he he lives out in New York and, you know, we've, we've known each other for years and it, and he said to me that he, he did really well at school in academics, yeah. you know, and he went on and he, in, into science and, and okay. you know, had a really successful career. And he said that I did, he said to me, I just started doing carpentry for the first time in my life and I'm Loving Amazing. it, he said. We've got so many oh, tables man. now in our apartment; I don't have to do them all. You know, I said, great. Yeah. You know, so there you go. It's like that, it's man. all in there. You know. No, that's a great one. That I was really that. great. Great, great, great answer. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, me and Dricky, we talk about this kind of stuff yeah. all the time, like just being busy and not taking the time to just connect with yeah. yourself and even just a greater purpose why you're here and things that you can do for yourself and for others. And so important. I love the way you stated all of that, um, for sure. Oh, yeah, that's huge. But I'm still thinking, though, because I don't know about you, Dariki. I don't know if you draw. I can't remember. Did you draw or paint it all? I wish I could. I'm horrible. <laughs> I would say no. Okay, because this is my thing. Even if we did a little bit here and there as kids, I can't imagine coming out of this experience and my first thought or one of my first thoughts is to start to sketch mm. <clears throat> so i'm still like trying to wrap my mind around why you chose that or i mean maybe that chose you but why that as opposed to writing it out or was that why was drawing even a part of this whole thought process i guess i guess because um i'm, I'm dyslexic and and i figured mm. that i wouldn't be able to write right. that it would just be okay. you know, something it's like a lot do. right yeah, um, yeah. yeah, okay, I went on to write a book eventually. Yes. <laughs> but yes, did. I did Shine that on. with the help of a co-author, right. you know, a co-author right. who was okay. a friend I'd known for years suddenly came back into my life and she said, look, you know, I'll do this with you. I said, I said, fantastic. So that's how that came about. Really? Um, so that's why I started, I thought that's, I'm going to get it across through painting. Music came later, you know, I decided to start doing something through music because I thought that was it was it was like giving a different dimension mm. on on what happened yeah. you know? so I wrote mm. this piece of music which I thought was going to be a song to start off with yeah. you know and yeah. uh, it wasn't happening I thought it's just not coming I got a chorus uh, which was called Shine On which was a t ended up being book, the title yeah. of my book uh, right, but it yeah. never got anywhere. Then suddenly I woke up one morning and this chord progression came through although I just got this really old cheap Spanish synthesizer, yeah. you know, an old plastic thing, <laughs> and, a, and a cassette recorder. That is all I got, yeah. you know, no technology. Wow. And Cutting I edge. just got this little chord progression came in, 
on this yeah. sort of very cheap sort of sounding string sound, you know. And I thought, well, that sounds really good. I thought, that sounds like an orchestra. And then I started yeah. to develop it. And before you knew it, I thought, this is, yeah, this should be played by an orchestra. And I just made friends with a, with a cello player in the local orchestra. He used to come and see me yeah. paint. And yeah. uh, she was quite spiritual as well. She said, what are you up hmm. to? And I said, well, I've just been working on this new piece of music. I said, it sounds like a, an orchestral piece. She, and she laughed. She said, maybe we could perform it one day. And I thought, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to hold That's, it to yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> my brother helped me out. He sort of said, look, uh, you know, I've got um, some software you know, mm-hmm. like an app that you can attach to. You got to get yourself a new keyboard. So, but you, it's like a, a MIDI keyboard, basically, which you guys will know. Yeah. About, you know and then you right, just yeah. plugged it into to this app, and then he said, "What the notes you play on on the keyboard, the, you can then transpose it into musical notation." Right. So that's how I got the music score together for the orchestra, and they agreed to play it, huh. and they said, "We'll do it." So, so they did. What was that feeling like <laughs> Again, hearing it for the first time, by, played yeah. performed by them? Like, well, the, the very first rehearsal was I turned up and I was really nervous because I, I walked in there and orchestras, I mean, they're lovely people, yeah. but they're very highly educated, right, yeah. you know, and I thought, I'm out of my death yeah, here. Yeah. And, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and I remember the conductor said, oh, oh the, the composer's here. And I was going, the composer? Well, that's <laughs> me, you know. And he said, yeah, would you like to talk about your piece, David? And I said, no, 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 no. He said, come on, come on. So I told them what it was about. It was about my near-death experience. Yeah. I explained the whole thing. And everyone listened. Yeah. It was great. So I thought, right, that I've got them. And so then I just started describing how I wanted it to sound. So I stepped back and, and the conductor's baton came down and those... Th- Opening chords were the first ones that I'd written on that spe- on that little synthesizer, yeah. and That's it was like amazing. it's oh, it's an amazing sound because it's like it's it was like wow, it's three dimensional, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. Like from yeah, this yeah, tiny yeah. little s- uh, sampled string sound to like a full yeah. orchestra, it was like boy, it sounded brilliant, you know? Amazing. Yeah, so yeah, I knew yeah. I'd nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, we've spoken with some really accomplished musicians, violinists, I think, and cellists, um, who have shared their experiences with orchestras and that kind of whole community, which I'm sure is the same no matter where in the world you go. And even for them, after years of uh, formal education, there's a little bit of snobbishness that can come across. <laughs> so, Tell me about Yeah, <laughs> so I'm just saying, I'm thinking from your perspective, because I, if I remember correctly, you didn't have any formal or any sort of music background yeah. prior to this, right? No, that's absolutely true. I still can't read or write music. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I'm trying uh, to be like, I'm imagining you in front of this orchestra, people who don't know who in the world you are, and now yeah. they're like, oh, this is the composer. Yeah. And now you're yeah, addressing yeah, totally. them. Yeah, that yeah, must have been a right. whole other thing. That's that's crazy. Yeah, you well, are. I remember them asking me questions. I thought, please don't ask oh, me technical questions. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say. You know, <laughs> one guy who was you know, in the string section said to me, and he said, oh, David, he said, he said, you've got a C-sharp major here, you know, over a B-flat. Does that, do you want that or, or I mean, because surely that won't work. Doesn't it have to be a C, or whatever, yeah, you know, yeah. and I'm kind of going, yeah, 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 I, yeah. I was going, can you just uh, hum that through for me? So he just kind of sang yeah. it. I said, no, 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 it's got to go da, 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 da. So I knew in my uh-huh. head. And I thought, oh, okay. God, <laughs> you know, so I, I had to really blag it through. Yeah. You know. No, to this day, none of that, those orchestra 
musicians uh, know that I can't read or write music. Until now. Wow. What is music? Story, isn't it? You know, music yeah, is yeah, just coming from a, from a different place. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to yeah. be intellectualized, does it? No, you know? not at all. It's coming exactly. from. Maybe one it place. shouldn't be in, in, in some opinions, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, the, everything that you're talking about here from, obviously, the tragic incident that inspired all these other things, all these other um, areas of um, expertise or just whatever they are in your life, from painting to music, really, really touched for me because there's a lot of people that I work with and I'm sure are listening who have things that they would want to mm. do that fear or some other doubt stops them. Yeah. And I think just mm -hmm. from sharing your story publicly in the way that you're able to, I think that it just really pushes people to look deeper inside and look at time and life differently and realize that whatever the reason is that we're here, we're here for a reason and there's things that are inside of us that we got to get out. So um, thank you for Absolutely. that. Thank you for that. I know no. that was a little long-winded just to say thank you for that. No, but, no, no. It's all that was really it, it got me the first like, time, the like second that. time. Cool, yeah. It got me when I read the book. And it's yeah, just, it's a, something that you just keep inspiring me, man. So Beautiful. Brilliant. There's thank a great you. quote yeah, attached you. to, um, you know, people having that type of situation that Anthony described. And it's, every man lives mm -hmm. two lives and their second one begins when they realize they only have one. And that, to me, really resonates with me as a person who's kind of trying to go down a new path in life and not letting fear or anything really kind of hold me back anymore because we only get one shot. And unfortunately, it took a, an experience sure. for me to realize that, for me to really kind of go after what I want in life. So, I mean, like Anthony had mm -hmm, said, yeah. I really encourage people to to push forward and kind of really sit with what they really want to do with life and, and go with it and run towards it as fast as you can because you never know what's going to happen. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask, yeah, I wanted to ask you a question yeah. about um, when you're creating because uh, I noticed that you had said something, um, the studio needs to be in the right energy in order for you to be able to or for the inspiration to come through wholeheartedly agree with that. How do you kind of set up your studio or is there anything you can do to kind of help, I don't know, regulate the space to kind of allow for the good energy to come in so you can create? Because I, I, I definitely agree with you. I just don't know what measures someone could take to kind of help create or give the environment the space in order for creativity to come to you. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think really for me the key thing is to first of all make it comfortable yeah. your space and and not to make it too not to try too hard yeah. not to be you know just keep it casual keep it like a sketch pad mm. you know just because don't think right I've got to have all this technical stuff all around right. me everything's got to be in place you know everything yeah, yeah. all the sound's got to be measured and all that kind of stuff it doesn't matter you right. know you you know it's it's all about it's it's all about you know, not. I'm trying to think of the word. Um, not putting too much importance on yeah. it, you know, and because okay. that's when creativity can come through. I agree. When it's uh, when it's it. not stifled, when you're relaxed, yeah. you know. You know, sometimes what I mean this this is crazy, but what I tend to do is if I'm writing and composing, I never work in silence. Mm. I always have like maybe the TV on in the background. Right. You know, there's a there's a movie channel we have here. They're really old movies and stuff, and I just have it on in yeah. the background, so I'm not really right. listening. And it's almost like 
that is a way of me kind of not taking it too seriously. You know, that's a way of me saying, okay, so when I record what I'm doing now, I'm going to have a bit of overfill of, of this old movie in the yeah. background, but it doesn't matter because it's only mm. a sketch at this right. stage. And oh. then you can get precious. Then you can make sure everything's all set up and it's complete, all the sound is right when you come to actually do the final thing and get it all together. But, yeah, in the creative process, just get yourself comfortable. If, if you go into a studio... Uh, as well, yeah. I always recommend you take in things from home that you feel that you feel good yeah. about, whether it's whether it's some That's crystals mm-hmm. yeah. or or even even your favourite rug off the floor. Take that in with you. Put that down on the on the on the mixing room floor. Yeah, you know, just just make it your space. Make it so that it's just yeah. it's chilled and relaxed, and it's not too clinical and it's not too sort of over overbearing. You know. So, yeah, no, yeah. that's 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 great. Um, Okay, so this is this is I guess talking through the process of the music coming from within you um, through the keyboard, which ended up going through a series of people who kind of helped you to position yourself to get the music to the orchestra and all that. What happens from there with the story? There was the rehearsals, and then yeah, um, um, kind of where did you go? I started. Yeah, I started the, going to rehearsals, and then they said to me, "Look, would you mind saying a few words to the local press?" because we normally get that from the composer. I said, yeah, sure. So mm, I spoke nice. to the local press and they said, hang on, you're the guy who went under the train, aren't you? When I started talking about it and they uh. recognised my face and they said, yeah. So oh, this is going on the front cover. And I said, wow. oh, brilliant. So it turned <laughs> into quite a big piece. And then from then on, the, other, the phones kept ringing and then the BBC phoned me up and said, we want to come and interview you. Uh, and I said, brilliant. So they wow. came to a rehearsal. And there you nice. go, going back to the orchestras. I, I, I emailed the, the orchestra. I said, hey, guys, listen, the BBC want to come and film the rehearsal. And they were kind of, none of them were going, wow, this is great. You know, they were kind of going, well, we do find that having you know, the BBC there might actually interrupt our flow while we're rehearsing. <laughs> you know, they were all like this kind of thing. Yeah, you know? And I yeah. felt <laughs> that I was imposing on them doing all right, this. Right. This, this wow. is crazy. But, you know, but when, the, when, the, when they did turn up, I think, uh, you know, I think they enjoyed the, having the cameras on them and a few of them were interviewed and stuff, which was great, you know. And uh, so from cool. the BBC coming down, suddenly the, the, the tickets were going way, off, way out the door, yeah. you know, and then we, we sold out two yeah, weeks in beautiful. advance. So the atmosphere for the premiere was just was amazing, yeah. 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 It's interesting Actually, because yeah. I, I, I promise you, I had no sense of, like, self-ego about all this mm-hmm. either. You know, it wasn't about me because I just thought, no, this is all about my a near-death experience and I really want people to get yeah. it. So loads yeah. of people turned up. Loads of people came and chatted afterwards to me and asked me about They said, look, I've had a similar experience, so that's why I came. It's almost like all these people wow. were gathered yeah. there. And so, yeah, it was, it was a tremendous thing. So And then from that night... I got asked to write another piece uh, for another orchestra, and then from then on, wow. I springboarded to many more different people who've, who've since yeah. asked me wow. to come back and write. And yeah, and the, the and the first few, well, they're all pretty much sold out, you know, which has been amazing. So there's been so a, cool. I've been helped yeah. even from up there, you know, just to kind of get all the the promotional side together. So yeah, so it's been it's yeah. been a lovely journey. So yes, yeah, so, I mean, what I'm doing now is I'm working on a new piece but because of uh, the pandemic the orchestras were are no longer performing right. so I thought well uh, course, what yeah. I'm going to do is just kind of like get individual players you know to come down and I'll just record them in the studio yeah. 
Uh, and nice. I'm going to use okay. um, sort of synthesizers as well, electronic sounds, and mix it in. Right, so yeah. that's the plan at the moment, to, 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 nice, to, nice. to mix the two together. Almost like mix two worlds, which I feel really happy about, because, you know, yeah. I'm not all about classical right. music. That's not how I grew up. I grew up listening to lots of contemporary music, right. so I'm trying to mix in both of those flavours. Yeah. Yeah, when do you hope it. for that project to be released? Hopefully this year. Beautiful. Yeah, I'm hoping that nice. to get something out this year. So that's that's pretty much I've got my head down working on that. Working and, on uh, that. Yeah, we'll definitely definitely be looking out for that one, man. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I'll let you know for sure. Please yeah. do. Yeah, please, yeah, do. Yeah, please do. I was actually yeah. just looking over my notes from the last time we spoke. And this is funny, so I hopefully you know the answer because I don't. But I have uh, a question here that says... Do you happen to remember the quote from David Henry Thoreau that Irene said to you? Now, I didn't write down the quote, so I hope you know it or else I can't really fill it in. It's from the book. Yeah, oh, goodness. Oh, that was, I was throwing a curveball. I was like, there might be a chance. If not, we'll look it up and we'll put it yeah, in the yeah, description I'm not gonna, somewhere. I'm not going to get it right, so if you don't mind, I'm going to try and give that credit there. <laughs> um, I mean, she was basically saying, she was. it's something to do with... Um, Singing from a different drum is that the one you're talking about, isn't it? Playing from a to different be honest, drum. yeah. I was just I was yeah. just scrolling through my notes from last time around. Yeah. Note to self is when I have a quote that I'm going to ask about, I'll write it down too. Yeah, that was a long time yeah. ago. If I've I'd learned a lot since then. Yeah, even though it's a quote from my own book, it sounds crazy, doesn't it? But I know. I remember, I, mean, I remember it really well. She wrote it at the end of her, her closing letter to me, you know, which was pretty okay. much saying that you know that I was playing from a different drum. Mm. Uh, then, okay. then, but that that's okay. That you know, basically, go with that. Go with with who Just you are, that. which is um, something that was in, in, interesting because that's what I learned from my NDE. Was mm. that you know that it, you, you, I'd spent the whole of my life before my previous life spinning plates as as uh, as. Uh, I've been told by Irene, she said, you're spinning <laughs> plates all the time. You know, you're trying to keep everybody yeah, happy, yeah. and it's never going to happen. Mm. And so. I That's just realised that, um, uh, you know, uh, I could just go, I could just follow my own true authentic path, you know. I, I, yeah. I found my my true authentic voice and, and, and I listened to yeah. that and I realised that I'd spent my whole life aspiring to other people, trying to be like yeah. other people, trying to fit in with other yeah. people. And that just doesn't work, you know. There's, you're trying too hard to do Absolutely. that. So basically yeah. the whole quote was all talking about that I've got to just beat my own drum and follow my own rhythm, and, and, and yeah, yeah, if yeah. you like. And, and she's right, yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's I agree right wholeheartedly. That is, wow. Is there anything left, David, that you have still yet to explore in this lifetime that you hope maybe, you know, if there's time, maybe you'll climb a mountain or something silly. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the truth is that I, I very rarely plan. Mm. Uh, I don't, mm. yeah, I, obviously I, I, I have to have plans. Bit, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. Like, like yeah, I said yeah, to you, yeah. I've got a plan that I'm working on right. some new music and the plan is to, is to release yeah, it. Yeah. You know? But generally speaking, I don't say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to reach that point. I don't have any benchmarks that I say I've got okay. to hit. Because I kind mm. of feel that that's... Going back to that experience when I say that time didn't exist, I realised I'd spent so much time obsessing about the past, yeah. about all the past mistakes mm -hmm. I made or missed opportunities, or I was obsessing yeah. about the future, about 
where am I going to go? Yeah. You know, I was running out of money at the time and I thought, where's my life going to go? I'm going to lose my apartment. What's going to happen to me? Yeah. So I realised that yeah. it was crazy to sort of spend, that we spend so much time worrying about the past and the future. Yep. So, so I tend not to think about the future too much because if I'm doing that, then I start to, it means that I'm buying into the whole idea that the future is important, which mm. it isn't, you know, because it doesn't exist yet. So I just kind of try and stay in the present as much as I can and not plan too highly, you know. I'm just I'm just hoping really... But I, I guess one thing I will say, and that is in answer yeah. to, to your question there, yep. and that is, is that I've felt this right from the start, is that I just want to try and, and reach as many people as, as, I, as I can yeah. with my story. Right. Um, yeah. not, not because it's all me, 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 but it's all about trying to help people sort of you know take the positives from what happened to yeah. me and and that, that you can you can find new goals in your life you can find a new true. Uh, you that was in that was trapped inside mm. you that, that that needs to come out very true yeah that was very very good that's powerful I, yeah that's powerful a, a you that is trapped yeah. inside you is well said that's a huge <laughs> yeah. thought yeah yeah I honestly, every time we chat, I I really feel rejuvenated and appreciate your story. I love listening to it and the inspiration that I draw from. And I hope a couple of our listeners get the same out of it. Um, before we go, though, can you maybe just shout out your socials and your website and let people know where they can follow along on your journey? And maybe one more time, the yeah, book title sure. as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, the book title is it's called Shine yeah. On. And so it's if you want to buy it, it's it's uh, uh, it's, it's on Amazon. Um, uh, you can get it straight away there. It's, in fact, it's doing it's been really well received. You know, That's in amazing. Canada, uh, it's just been going down well there, and, and you know, in yeah. the US and and UK, uh, but also other countries are starting to pick up. It's just come out in nice. French language. Oh. It's, you know, it came oh, out in France. Wonderful. So that was That's interesting. Magnifique. Yeah. So it's yeah. out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and um, so yeah. So, if you want, if you'd like to follow me on social media just to see how things are developing, mm. please do. Um, you know that I've got there's um, Instagram, the David underscore Ditchfield, yep. uh, and, the, and then a YouTube channel, um, SoundCloud. You can listen to my music. The best thing to do is if is go to my yeah. website, which is called shineonthestory.com. And if you go Perfect. there, uh, you'll see the links to my to my other social media things. And you can, you can stream the symphony, the, the debut symphony, for free on there and have a listen and uh, look at yeah, some of my paintings. Sure. And then there's a there's a film which is made by uh, a French guy called Anthony Chin, mm. uh, which is at the beginning, and that kind of gives you. You know, he's made a really nice job yeah. of it. I think it was just giving the story across. So yeah, so please love it. Please do wonderful. Click, click on Thanks the, again, mate. We really appreciate yeah. you coming and chatting with us. Thank you. Yeah, it's been great to chat with you. Yeah, yeah. Good to see you. All right, everyone. Yeah, Take Thank care, you. guys. Be well for sure. As a podcaster, you know that great content is only half the battle. The other half is finding the right hosting platform to reach your audience. That's where Captivate comes in. 
With unlimited podcasts, advanced analytics, and personalized support, Captivate has everything you need to grow your audience and monetize your show. Join the thousands of successful podcasters just like us who trust Captivate for their hosting needs. Visit dnaairwaves.com slash Captivate today to start your free trial.